Hey everybody, this is your Dutch friend Jan, and you're listening to episode number 80 of the Langpreneur podcast. Guys, starting your Langpreneur journey comes with lots of challenges. You know, many of us are struggling with the so-called imposter syndrome, right? So who am I to talk about learning language X? Am I really that qualified? And, you know, having these thoughts is keeping many people back from actually making progress in their business and publish content on a regular basis. Also think about limitations like, you know, not feeling good enough to reach out to people who are further ahead than us. Um, it's very hard to build a business and make an impact in the world of language learning if you try to do everything by ourselves, right? Key is to connect to other people, to learn from them, to collaborate. And, um, you know, these are some very common challenges that most beginning entrepreneurs or starting entrepreneurs are dealing with. And in today's interview, I'm going to talk to Michelle from interpret guide and you know, she's going to be very open with us about how she was dealing with all these challenges that many of us have to go through when building an online business um, michelle is a travel blogger uh, or originally started out as a travel blogger um, yet nowadays she always she also talks about language learning and about how learning foreign languages can help you have a better experience in the country you are traveling to so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. We're really going to talk about some of the mindset shifts that you have to make. Um, you know, if you are somebody who runs a blog, a YouTube channel, you know, as a hobby, and, you know, if you want to make it a business, that's what we're going to talk about. And I like this interview. Um, Michelle, thanks again for being so open with us. And, yeah, I think that many of you are going to find this interview very inspirational and encouraging as well. So let's get started after the intro. This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. All right, Michel, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi, Jan. This is your Aussie friend here, Michelle, from the Intrepid Guide. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I really like your new intro that you have now, so, um, that you're the Dutch friend yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah. your audience. I quite like that. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're the Aussie friend then? I'm the Aussie friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Michelle. I am obviously Australian, and I run the, uh, the Intrepid Guide, which is a travel and language learning website. Um, and yeah, I started it uh, sort of like a mini passion project um, back at the end of 2015. And it's just sort of morphed into something that is now my, my full-time occupation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, something I feel quite passionately about is bridging the gap between languages and traveling, two of my favorite things in the world. And yeah, the, the benefits that I've had of being able to speak the local language whilst I've been traveling 
have really sort of transformed the way I experience the world and learn about people and languages and culture. So I try and impart that onto my audience a little bit and get them inspired and encouraged to want to do the same. Yeah. Um, so you yeah, something that we, we sort of, yeah. Yeah. So you started the blog in 2015. Why Why did you start the blog? Um, so I had just moved to London. I had been living in Rome for three years in Italy and I thought that I'd be living there indefinitely. But unfortunately, I don't have a European passport. So long story short, I sort of had to make a decision to come to the UK um, for visa reasons. Um, it was a little bit closer to Italy than Australia was, so I thought I'd come here. Um it was just a little bit easier because we're part of the Commonwealth. And I just really missed that everyday challenge of, you know, learning the local language. Like I already spoke Italian quite well, was at C1 level, and I just loved learning the language and speaking the language. And I came to London, and I just felt like I was back in Australia again, and I really missed um, being surrounded by a foreign language that I could learn from. Uh, so I started the Intrepid Guide as a sort of a, a little bit of an outlet uh, to give me a reason to sort of go back and um, to explore languages in a different way. And I was traveling a little bit more since I had moved to London. Um, London's a great place to sort of base yourself and travel around Europe. So it was sort of like sharing those experiences as well, my travel experiences and also um, my sort of interest in, in languages. Mm. Uh, and that's sort of, yeah, that's the reason why I started it. Yeah. What were you doing before you started the blog? Uh, so, as of well, up until last year, I've been working as a interaction designer. So, for the layman, that's basically a web designer. <laughs> that's what we were called initially back in the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, I I've been working as yeah in graphic uh, graphic design, web design, user experience, user testing, and that was my full time job up until a year ago. Until I went full time with the Intrepid Guide. So. Yeah. Yeah. So did you mainly focus on, on blogging? I mean, you're also big on Instagram, right? Are those your two main channels? Yeah, I mean, I the the blog itself was always the focus. And I just thought, you know what? Models will have a presence on all the channels. It was my name. I wanted to make sure that I owned that name in case anything sort of would grow and turn into something. So, yeah, I created a Facebook page, Instagram account, YouTube, all of that stuff, um, you know, just, just in case just in case, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, I started off very sort of humble and small and was very naive about the whole thing, you know, like I had no idea that you could even make a living from a blog. Um, and, yeah, it took me sort of a while to get into that mindset and to learn more about the world of blogging and uh, being an entrepreneur and a langpreneur. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an evolution, I would say. Yeah, so what do you think is important for anyone out there who wants to start or grow their blog? I mean, you have been doing this for five, six years. You got lots of traffic to your website. Um, yeah, what do you think are the, some of the most important things? What did you learn during those first few years when when yeah, I mean, starting that blog? Yeah, so the first year it was just sort of me all in my head just doing it by myself. I didn't know that there was like a community of travel bloggers or that there was, you know, like I said, I was very new to the the blogging space and I didn't know that you know, there was help out there. Um, so, yeah, that first year I would say that it was just sort of me writing in my own little bubble, just sort of, you know, learning the ropes, so to speak, you know, how to set up a blog, all that sort of basic stuff. 
Um, and it wasn't until I was out one day at St. Paul's in London um, and I saw a group of girls taking photos and they had like these selfie sticks and, you know, sort of vlogging. And I thought, what are they doing? You know, like I, I feel like I should go over to them and I want to ask them. So I went <laughs> over to them and we ended up connecting on Instagram and staying in touch. And they asked me, was I going to a travel blogging conference that was coming up? And I'm like, no, what is this? And she's like, oh, you should come along, you know, it's this weekend. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, well, uh, yeah, all right, I'll go. Um, so that sort of opened up a whole new world and a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of looking at, yeah, the Intrepid Guide and what I had started and what it could potentially be. Yeah. Um, so that's basically how I got started. And I guess I had stayed in that travel blogging mindset up until maybe since COVID had come okay. along that I was thinking more about actually I think the language side of my business is more powerful um, and more unique and that I felt more passionate about and that I should pursue and um, sort of COVID gave me that that time that to reflect and also to work on new projects without having to feel guilty about not being able to travel. Yeah. So, yeah, sort of that little chance encounter and being a little bit bold to go up to these strange girls and just ask them and then they, yeah, conversation sort of led us down this this track where I ended up attending lots of conferences which helped me to sort of learn more about what was out there, the communities and, uh, yeah, growth and, yeah. Would you say you're a travel blogger or rather a, a language blogger? Oof, well... You know, it depends on who is who's around at the time. A lot of people know what a travel blogger is, um, but I try not even to use the word blogger anymore. I try to call the language guide a business just to help me to get into that mindset that it's yeah. not a hobby anymore. This is something that I'm creating. This is my contribution. It's not my mini passion project anymore. It's grown into something bigger. Yeah. So I... Um, you know, I, I will use that term if it helps people to understand what I do better. But for me, I try not to use that language just to help me to get into the right mindset, yeah. which has been the, yeah, I guess the key focus point for me in the past 12 months or so has been, has been mindset. So, How yeah. do travel bloggers make money? So travel bloggers make money by uh, earning, well, there's different ways, um, depending on which part of your journey you are at. But basically in the beginning, you will earn money from any sort of affiliate commissions that you get when people purchase uh, or make a booking through your links on your website. So if you might talk about a tour, people might click on that, they might book it, and then you would get a small commission depending on the affiliate program that you've signed up to. Um, you can also work with tourism boards um, and companies around travel that will pay you to promote their destination or their hotel or their tour. So there's lots of different ways that you can uh, work that way. It could be that uh, it's either, well, I wouldn't say free because you still have to produce content afterwards, but it could be that you go there as a journalist, like a journalist would they travel there or expenses are paid and then your uh, the assumption is that you will create content afterwards to promote the product that you've just experienced um but you can also once you sort of reached a certain reach with an audience then you can start to ask for payment um, yeah. as well as you know being covered all expenses paid and and things like that so yeah there are different brand collaborations that you can do and uh, and things like that you can also make money from ad revenue from page views to your blog you can do it that way as well 
sponsorship also extends to Instagram posts as well, especially or YouTube videos if you're promoting a product there. Um, and then at the other end of the spectrum, once you sort of built up a, a larger audience, a lot of travel bloggers are running their own tours now. Um, so they may or may not be on that tour depending on the price point. So if you want them to be on the tour, you might have to pay a little bit more uh, just for their, you know, <laughs> to be around them and, and all that sort of that uh, makes it a bit more special. So, yeah, there is a um, bit of a progression there, but I just felt like that that's, you know, I, I wanted to create the, I didn't want to have to still exchange my time for money, you know, going on these trips and then being required to create content afterwards. Those press trips are really tiring. Like you're up mm -hmm. at sun sunrise and then you're all in bed just before sunrise, it feels like, because you're sort of planning for the next day, you're photo editing. Um, and what I do is I also sort of plan around where the sun is going to be at certain times of day, the certain shots I want to get. So I need to get out my app and plan where the sun's going to be. If the weather's going to be bad, okay, maybe I need to move it to another day. Um, I also film videos as well. So I sort of have to prepare what I want to say to camera and it's, it's a very tiring go, go, go process. Um, so I sort of taken my foot off the pedal a little bit with that and focus more on the language side in the past 12 months. So. Yeah, we'll see how that goes once travel opens up again and what that evolution of the Intrepid Guide will be. Yeah. How, so, yeah. how big do you need to be in order to, you know, to be a, a professional travel blogger? I mean, like, how big of an audience do you need to have in order to, you know, have those tourism boards coming to you and, and paying you for, for, for a trip? Yeah, I mean depending on who you speak to um but a lot of it is networking and i hate that word but it's sort of you know you could be really small but if you talk to the right people and you're oh, yeah. always sort of in there you know you're always at the same events you always sort of have you know like front of mind if you're if you're always there they will think of you first if you reach out to them if they like you that's sort of you know especially if you're a smaller blogger like you're just starting out that's the best way to do it um but then once you you know you can get once your growth um, improves and your reach improves, uh, then uh, it just becomes a little bit easier. But it, it depends on the budget of the client as well. Um, if they've only got a small budget, that's probably better suited to like a smaller blogger that may would maybe do it um, in exchange for just uh, the service as opposed to receiving a payment. Um, but yeah, there's no barrier to entry other than being able to set up a website, take some photos, travel and write about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you learn as you go. We're not all born writers or born photographers or born SEO experts. You you learn that on the job. It's basically you're, you're doing an entrepreneurship yeah. <laughs> or an apprenticeship, I should say. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, you learn everything on the job. Yeah. So what does an average trip look like for you? I mean, you're very active. You post pictures on Instagram publish videos on YouTube and then you also write blog posts, right? So tell us what an average trip is, is like when you travel for, for work or for the blog. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a hard one to perfect over the years. All I know is that I prefer not to travel with a tourism board um, or a tour company if it's with other bloggers, just because we're all there to do the same thing, but it can be... Um, difficult to manage everyone's sort of priorities. Like say if I'm a language and travel blogger, I want to focus on certain things that maybe a lifestyle blogger wants to focus on. So it just becomes even more stressful. So I prefer to do 
um, my own trips by myself and I just pay for them outright and then earn my money back, you know, in a year's time or however long it takes uh, yeah. for the content to start to rank. Yeah. Um, but uh, say, for example, my most recent trip was to the Cotswolds in the UK. Um, I had uh, about a week or so, uh, just over a week uh, of time to travel around. It's a quite a large area. So I researched all the places I wanted to go to. I created like a schedule for each day. I took photos and I filmed a vlog. Um, so a video um, to a travel guide that I create. Um, so I had to research the things that I would see in each location, talk about them when I was there. Um, so yeah, it can be quite intense and the whole time it rained. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until the last three days um, that I had some sun. So that obviously affects what I can do photography wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would have to film in the rain or take photos in the rain and just, you know, suck it up basically. Yeah. Um, they're, they're intense and, uh, but, uh, you know, when I'm piecing it together, when I come back home, you know, it starts to look, uh, starts to come together and it's something that I'm quite proud of. But during that time, it can be really stressful because I am tired myself. I have to memorize what I want to say, you know, present it well. Um, take the pictures record the video and then afterwards also blog about it yeah yeah so i'll sort of once i get to a location i'll usually do the photos first um just to sort of look at all the different angles decide which angles i want to do um think about right do i want to take a shot here for instagram or do i just need it for the blog post um so once i sort of settle on that uh, and i'll also if i'm traveling by myself i'll have to set up the timer on the yeah. camera and then run into position and you know listen out for the bit 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 and then i'll know that a shot has been taken um so yeah there's all these little tricks of the trade that you sort of have to learn and uh but um yeah it's sort of um you know you have to sort of paint a picture of a location i i'm not one of those people that sort of oh hey i'm just you know having a cocktail in the front of the coliseum and it's amazing I don't make it about me. I make it about the place that I'm traveling to. That's what I'm interested in. Um, when I make my videos, it's like I'm making a mini documentary. I'm obsessed with watching documentaries. I've grown up watching documentaries. I get bored watching just normal TV programs and I'm not stimulated by that sort of content. So I try and make something that is enjoyable that I would enjoy watching. You know, I share lots of fun facts and interesting things. I don't go into too much depth about a place you know i sort of want to you know tease the appetite a little bit and get you sort of oh that sounds interesting i'd like to know more about that so you know these vlogs can go for uh 15 to 20 minutes but it's it's a you know it takes a lot of work to get yeah that amount of content so yeah so i yeah. can imagine that those trips are <laughs> stressful a lot of hard work do all those trips pay off eventually and how uh, sure are you that a certain trip is going to pay off this is the thing is that I never tracked it really. I just knew, and it's been, like I said, it's been an evolution with everything that I've done. So initially when I traveled to a place, I would only say create one uh, article or one guide um, about that place. But now when I go there, I create multiple guides. So mm. I create like a cluster of content to help the reader have a more of a, a bigger picture of the location. So instead of just saying, you know, what to do in the Cotswolds, I will say, I'll have another guy that says where to stay in the Cotswolds with different recommendations. 
uh, how to get to the Cotswolds. There's so many different ways, like yeah. getting to and getting around is quite different. Um, any sort of tours that you can take and what I recommend. Um, so it's sort of the amount of content that I create after one trip has, has multiplied quite a lot since I initially began in 2015. So that's why these trips are even more intense yeah. um, because I know that I have a lot of box to check. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how, do you, how do you decide where to go next? Um, do, do you look well, at what people are Googling for, for example, or you just go wherever you want to go? No, I, I go where I want to go. It has to be something that I'm passionate about. So um, Norway's obviously been a favorite with me in the past few years since I've started learning Norwegian, but it was those trips that inspired me to want to learn Norwegian. And now I want to go back and, and show more of the country and um, and practice my, my Norwegian. But it's always some sort of connection that I have. Um so that's why it's sort of been more focused in Europe. That's where I'm based. And there's just so many things to see in Europe that I'm interested in. And, yeah, so I'll sort of – I'll do it um, based on what my interests are and just so happens that those are the same places that people like to hear about as well. And I, I do have a, a variety there, but I've also sort of ex, you know, unintentionally excluded a lot of Asia. I've never travelled to Asia before, but I guess I – one day when I move back to Australia, then you make a stop at Singapore. Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it more of a priority because it's closer. It's more just sort of you know what's close to me that I uh, that I really want to see while I'm while I'm still here in the UK. Yeah. Any advice for anyone who wants to build a, s a successful blog? Oof. Um, yeah. So I I wouldn't say that my first year was wasted. But if I had been part of communities and had known more about the community that was out there for, for bloggers and, you know, the things that you need to be aware of, you know, learning SEO and all that sort of stuff, that would have saved a lot of time. Um, and being, you know, I was too scared to sort of, well, not too scared, but I just thought, you know, why would they want to talk to me? I'm only just starting out. but. People can be really friendly and open and willing to help. Um, and it's more just sort of making connections with people because it's those conversations that you have that give you really good insight about the potential that your business can have. And that's what I found, um, especially in the past 12 months, that not to put anyone on a pedestal, you know, people might look at me and think, you know, oh, wow, she's got this, she's got that, or, you know, like, I, I'm still just figuring it out too and, you know, I love how honest you are on the podcast as well about your evolution and your mindset and, you know, how you've changed in wanting to work on, you know, creating podcasts now and it's it makes it easier for me to think, right, I can do the same. Uh, like there's no shame there. It's it's not that we all have it all figured out. We're all just on our own separate different oh, yeah, journeys. Yeah. And that's the mindset that I had been struggling with in the beginning, thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I can reach out to this person, you know, they're this, they're that, they've got this amount of followers or whatever, you know, I, I would feel guilty asking them about this or talking to them about, you know, how they, you know, take such amazing photos or how they manage to get a, a work, um, a job with a client, for example. But being in the Langpreneur space, since you guys have started to do these events, it's opened up the door for me to be able to have these open and honest conversations with so many wonderful people that are all on different journeys and yeah. that we can all learn from each other because we're all from so, such different backgrounds. Yeah. 
and we all have our own strengths. And so I think that's um, that's been uh, quite uh, important to me in the past 12 months mm. especially. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did you learn from those people that you connected to in the beginning when you were just getting started? Um, well, when I was in the beginning, it was all the travel blogging conferences. So that was very much, you know, how do you talk to clients, you know, following up on email, the do's and the don'ts. And a lot of it to me sounded pretty basic. Like I would never say that to a client, you know, you got to be professional. Um, it just felt like they were talking to like immature people. And I'm like, I feel like I'm the one of the oldest in the room. <laughs> like, you know, I was uh, like you know, in my early 30s at the time and a lot of people sort of coming into the travel blogging space were in their early 20s and and maybe hadn't had that professional, you know, working in like an office environment where yeah. you need to be professional. So my my thinking was very narrow. It was very much um you know, exchanging my time for money. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to, um, uh, say, TravelCon, which is run by Nomadic Matt, that he talks more about, you know, treating your blog as a business yeah. and to, you know, diversify your revenue streams and to get out of the travel blogging bubble and talk to people that are in mm. uh, in other spaces and yeah. learn from them and what they're doing because all of a sudden you become that go-to person for travel because you're the only travel person in that environment, for example. Yeah. And that's how you can make really good connections and that's sort of how he got connected with Tim Ferriss and, and all these really big names. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's such a simple idea. And I felt like I had been in a bubble where I was just going to the same travel blogging conferences and events with the same people and I wasn't getting that bigger picture idea. Again, I was sort of in my own bubble and I I needed to step out of that. And that's when, yeah, I started um, reaching out to people in the language community more so I could do that. And then luckily you guys started running events and I attended those. And I'm like, I feel more comfortable here. Well, not comfortable, but I felt like this is the environment that I want to be in. This is where I feel a bit more challenged and people got some great ideas um, and it wasn't, it was just a different mindset, which is what I needed. So, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the most important things when it comes to growing a blog? Is it, is it SEO? Is it something else? Is it having a great design like your website, for example? <laughs> you know, I'd like to know which, what the answer is. I think it, it can be a mixture of both why people resonate with you, but people can have ugly blogs and still be really successful. You can have a small amount of uh, engaged traffic and readers and still do really well and people will gravitate towards different people different personalities just because they might like the way that they you, that you present the information they like the way you know that you take your photos and how you um make it about you know in my case you know make it about the destination or not about myself yeah. you know if you think about why you why why do you follow anyone online it, it usually comes down to if you like them or not you know do you like yeah. the way they talk um, you know, just think they're funny, their personality, what they stand for, share the same values. So I'm not, I couldn't say exactly what it is about me that people resonate with. And, you know, I'm a little bit shy about that. Too. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you also have lots of articles, right? Yeah, I do. Um, but, you know, I've had five years to write them, but... I I probably could have had more if I had, uh, if I didn't have 
didn't have to worry about my full-time job at the time, but I could only work on the Intrepid Guide when, you know, I had the time. And, you know, now that I'm sort of, I've got that time to focus on it, now the next challenge is, right, I know all these things that I want to do, but how am I going to achieve them when it's just me? Yeah. So it's sort of, that's, yeah, there's always a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the next one. Yeah. How important is Instagram for your business? You have quite a big following there. How, how big is it? Uh, so it's just over 41,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, I I haven't really, it wasn't until recently that I launched my new course, Intrepid Norwegian, that I was able to track where um, people were coming from. And yeah, Instagram, surprisingly to me, had turned out to be just as important as my email list. Oh, really? And, and I never thought that that would be the case. Also because, you know, Norwegian is quite a niche language. And But I this time around, I did a lot to promote it. I did a lot of lives um, with other people that I collaborated with to create the course and just sort of share the message about the course and why I created it. And people saw that. And even though it didn't have incredible reach, the few people that did see it, it resonated with. And I think that had a lot to do with the fact that they were able to see me talking about it, you know, in a video format and to bounce off, you know, the person that I was speaking with. So I, yeah, I received a couple of DMs afterwards um, and also leading up to the launch itself when I had teased it with um, a giveaway. And, uh, yeah, I could see that they weren't on my email list. And when I saw their name, I'm like, oh, I recognize that name from Instagram. And then I would check it and I'm like, right, so that it did pay off in the end. So yeah, it's something that I, I didn't know before, but now uh, will be an important uh, factor for future product launches. Mm -hmm. mm. So you started out as a travel blogger, but then last year you also launched the first language course, right? Why did you make that transition from just being a travel well travel blogger vlogger to combining traveling and languages yeah i mean the intrepid guide i had always started it with the idea that it was languages and travel um and that's like i did create an equal amount of content for both um so uh, creating travel phrase guides for people so if they'll go so i think my, my first article i wrote was about traveling to bruges and then I was talking, I had like an article about, you know, what um, what languages do they speak in Bruges and sort of that whole, um, you know, the differences with Flemish and Dutch and French and, and that got me really interested. So I, I always had that there, but because my foot was always in the travel blogging conference world, I felt more like I was a travel blogger, even though I was still creating language learning content as well. Um, so yeah, when COVID hit and I couldn't travel and I just gave me time to sort of look at the figures a little bit, to take a step back and think, you know, do I really want to have to constantly go on these really exhausting trips and have to, you know, create like five articles at least afterwards to do all this, you know, filming and photo editing. And I thought I can't do this back to back now that I'm full time. I need to. I need to, you know, conserve my energy, otherwise it will burn out. And I had seen so many other people burn out. So, yeah, when COVID hit, it's like, you know, I've always wanted to create language courses and language products, and this would be a great way and a great time for me to start. So I thought I would start small by creating courses that weren't too big that it would take me months to create. So I started off with um, 
you know, with um, my Intrepid Language uh, course series. So the idea is that, you know, leading up to a trip, you know, you learn the local language with my course instead of relying just on a little phrase book that has no structure to it that forces you to memorise all these phrases without giving you the backbone of the language or to help you understand the language. Um, so, yeah, I started off with Intrepid Italian, then Intrepid French, and then Intrepid Spanish, and then more recently Intrepid Norwegian. And, yeah, they all had their own various, varies, uh, various levels of success. And, yeah, so now it's more about finding out what's working and taking the next next step in the direction of, of you know, creating more language products. Yeah. So how has that experience been of creating language courses and, and selling it? Was it more difficult than you thought or is it something that your audience was asking for? Tell us a little bit about that transition from just creating content and, and generate revenue through AdSense, basically, through doing that and additionally also sell courses yeah so i always knew that i wanted to create these language courses and i couldn't see a clear direction of like what type of product i should create it just felt like a natural extension for me to create something that is um that would supplement my travel guides which would be to create a language uh, yeah. course to help people on their travels so that's why i started there I, people weren't asking me for it I did ask them what languages they were interested in. Um, but again, I didn't really let that be the deciding factor. It just so happened that Italian was the most um, uh, asked for language. And it was my first foreign language that I had learned and the one that I felt most passionate and still feel most passionately about. So that's why I started with that. Um, and it was also a way for me to solidify my position in the market as a travel language um well blogger entrepreneur we know what langpreneur <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't feel like all the travel phrase guys that i had created had done the job i thought you know what i'm going to create products now that that are an extension of those travel phrase guides uh so yeah that's why i started with italian uh it was i didn't have any expectations and i wanted to create something that was you know, like I said, not too large and just to sort of have that learning experience, you know, what's it like to set up a course, what's it like to launch it, all the different things that you need to manage over the course of a week or so that you're launching it, you know, with the emails and the social promotion and affiliates and things like that. So I had heard all these things in the past and it was just about me trying to bring it all together and to figure it all out and to just have that experience. So when it was, you know, when I did um, that first launch, I thought, you know what, well, I'm going to do this for all the languages that I've studied um, that I'm the most confident with that I know that, you know, um, you know, there would definitely be interest for. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with that. But now I know I need to sort of focus a little bit more on what the next uh, round of products I will create. Yeah. Um, you have and been also sort of, yeah. I wanted to say, yeah, you, so you have been doing this for a while now. You, uh, you are doing it full time. What do you think are some of the biggest struggles when it, comes, when it comes to building an online business? The biggest struggles? Uh, well, for me, it has been mindset. <laughs> um, what do you, you think know, is holding you back? Yeah, I things mean, that are holding me back. So that I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, obviously the imposter syndrome thing it plays a big um, a big part in that but it helps being surrounded by other people doing similar things um, it's sort of 
you know, like you see celebrities in movies and films, but if you meet them in person, you just realise that at the end of the day, they're just a human as well. Like we've all got our, you know, the things that we worry about, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to how hard you work. So being in this, um, being in contact with more people in my space puts my mind at ease. Like it helps me to realise that actually there's nothing unique or different about other people we're all the same it just comes down to you know how much we learn about the businesses that we're in and how much of that we implement and having the the confidence and the faith that we can you know have the success that we that we want and to sort of stay on that course and not to be distracted by you know the crowd just keep your eye on the ball yeah (laughs) And uh, you'll eventually get there. Yeah, I think having that confidence initially is, is very important because once you have the confidence, you take action. And when you take action, you yeah. learn, right? You learn from things that work and from the things that don't work. And the more you learn, the more confident that you become, the more action you're going to take. You know, it's, it's a circle, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you think that's the, the most difficult thing, that the mindset, getting, your mind, getting the right mindset? I mean, it can come down to personality, but for me, that was a big one. I, I, you know, I was nervous about even going to the Polyglot conference for the first time. You know, oh, the, really? the possibility of seeing Richard Simcott and Benny Lewis and whoever else in the language space, and me being there and not knowing anyone, and then just sort of standing there, and then Simon from Omniglot comes up to me and you know, says hi, and I'm like, no way, <laughs> like these people are so nice and I don't need to put them on a pedestal. We're all human. And it just sort of takes that first step into the unknown to realize that actually it's not such a big deal after all. And that's what I have sort of, it's been my motto, I guess, in the past year is to lean into that fear, just to take, even if it's a, you know, one foot forward, if it's not a full step, just to take a step in the right direction and you'll realise that it's actually not as scary as you think it is. Yeah. But I still need to constantly remind myself of that. You know, if I see other people's success and I'm like, oh, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take me years to get to, you know, somewhere like that. Like, no, I can't think about that. I need to just focus on now and what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's trying to just to keep focused on the here and now yeah. and not, stress about or worry too much about the future which i have a tendency to do and that overwhelms me i'm like no just just chill like we'll mm. get there <laughs> yeah takes time right yeah. um you you were in our accelerator program and you well you're also surrounded like you know quite a few players in the space that you talk to every now and then what do you think is is holding is holding them back or what do you think are very common mistakes of you know that langpreneurs make Oof. Well, I can only really speak about the, the people that I've seen in our group, so I'm not yeah. going to name names. Yeah. But, you know, time management is a big thing. Um, you know, focusing on the things that are actually going to move your business forward. Yeah. Um, you know, not it's, it's easy to sort of, you know, clear out your inbox and feel like you've had a productive day, but you haven't actually worked on the business. So you really sort of, you know, it's like, kind of leaving the sink full of dishes and then going to bed and like oh, I'll do it tomorrow like they don't need to be cleaned it'd be nice if they were clean but you don't need to so it's sort of I look at my inbox that way there's nothing unless it's something urgent I'm not gonna waste my time just to have you know an inbox that's nice and clean and neat which I love to have but it's not a priority 
So I've managed to sort of let that go. In the beginning, when my mindset was different, I would like, oh, I have to answer all these emails and people are expecting a reply to me. But I've realized that there are certain people that you need to reply to straight away and certain people you don't need to reply to straight away. Um, so, yeah, that's um, – now I've forgotten what the question was. <laughs> yeah, the question was what What are some of the most common mistakes that you see oh, other other entrepreneurs yeah. around you make? So time management is, is one. Yeah, time management is a big one. And, you know, Leah um, from Leah English has been wonderful. She, you know, and a real inspiration, the fact that she's a mother and she's been, created, she's been able to create such – an incredible business in such a short amount of time, you know, like 12 months just because she knew what she wanted and she just went for it and she really prioritised her time and was really diligent and really strict with that. She's like, I've only got a certain amount of time and I have to squeeze out the most that I can out of this time. So I'm like, you know, what would Lee do? <laughs> sort of like, you know, a little um, a little thing that I sort of think about every now and again, you know, would Leah spend her time doing this? No, I'm going to do something else that's going to push my business forward. So that's, you know, she's um, she's been, um, yeah, really great uh, in that sense. I mean, not that I was ever wasting time before, but it's more about prioritising the time that I have. Yeah. Uh, another one, yeah, is mindset. Um, some people have more challenges than others and it might take a little bit more like to dig a little bit deeper beneath the surface to realise that there are uh, bigger issues there that might stem back to childhood. Um, but, yeah, that's why it's sort of good to be in a community where you are on the same page and you can see other people's success and realise that you can also have a similar success. You just have to believe that you can have it. So that's what's been yeah, a big one, I would say, uh, for me and, uh, yeah, from what I've seen in the groups as well. What would you say, what, what do you think is the way forward for your business? I mean, you have lots of uh, traffic, you can live off AdSense, um, you have all those language courses. What, what do you think the next step is for, for you, for your business? So the reason why I thought that my Instagram wouldn't convert when I launched my, uh, my recent course uh, intrepid Norwegian was because I thought that people were more interested in the travel side of my business. So I, I yeah, I, I, my focus that I've decided on is that I need to attract more people that are in the language uh, space. So people that are interested in languages. I'm not sure if people that are just interested in travel would be interested in languages, but I want to attract more of those readers that already have that interest uh, in learning uh, languages so that's my focus is to create more content that will appeal to them because if you like languages you're also going to like travel most likely even if you can't travel you know um, for you know maybe physical reasons you know disabilities and such um, and also for COVID uh, but yeah I wanted to focus on creating more language content that will um, attract more of that audience so then I can create more courses and be confident that I am creating something that my audience will like and enjoy and that they need and that they want and uh, can benefit from. Yeah. I mean, it's something that we have talked about before, right? I mean, you already have the courses and you have some traffic, but yeah, you want to make sure that you have qualified traffic, right? It's actually more yeah. important than just having uh, a lot of traffic. So, I mean, purchase intent is something that, we, uh, that we've talked mm. about a lot, right? So, so the idea is to basically create more content that's going to attract the ideal, the ideal customer. And in this case, 
that's travelers yeah. who are interested in in learning languages right could you give an example of what kind of contact those people are looking for could be looking for well my my goal for this year is to focus on creating more italian specific content that's the language that i'm most passionate about the one i have a, you know, a nice story to share and the re reason why I started learning Italian as a heritage learner. Um, you know, it's quite a popular language too. So my my goal for the next 12 months is to experiment with creating Italian content and see if that will become my new niche, I guess, my niche within a niche. Um, so, yeah, creating content for the beginner level and then creating courses for beginners that are an extension of those articles that I write or videos that I make. And, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a background in design. You are a designer. How important is design, after all? <laughs> well, obviously, as a designer, I, I, of course I'm going to say that it's very important. You know, it, it works on a subconscious level. You know, you don't realize why you like something or dislike something. It can say a lot about the brand, the trustworthiness. Um, Sometimes it can it can be intimidating, which I hadn't experienced before until someone said to me, oh, your media kit is too professional. Like, I don't feel like I can talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, what are you kidding? Like, it was a bit in jest, but I'm like, maybe it can be too much. Um, but, you know, I, I like to create beautiful things. I like to make things look nice and to be presented well. And if he, people are buying something from you, I want to make sure that they enjoy using it. And a lot of that enjoyment comes from you know how aesthetically pleasing something is i mean it's not all about that obviously the content has to be good too but i can't help myself i like to i take pride in my work and i want to make it look good i want the experience to be good yeah. so that's why i focus a lot on um yeah graphic design and creating beautiful graphics it's all part of your branding right yeah and it just sort of it, it's just sort of evolved naturally it wasn't something that i really worked on it just um yeah it just sort of came with it I'm like I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it look like this and that's just sort of an expression of my um, aesthetic tastes I guess so yeah. Yeah. what is your favorite thing about running an online business um, oof. I mean I've only been <laughs> it's hard right <laughs> so many um, good things yeah of course there is there are a lot of you know challenging a lot of challenges as well but being being a business owner it's um it forces you to take a hard look at yourself it's a real <laughs> you know you have it really highlights your strengths your weaknesses because you have to dig deep and that's a lot about um you know like this mindset thing that i keep going back to you know why why do i feel insecure about certain things so you have to work on yourself so there's a lot of personal development i would say but on a day-to-day -day basis, I really like the variety of the tasks that I do. Um, I've always liked that. You know, I will be editing a video, editing photos, uploading images, um, doing things for SEO, learning about SEO, taking photography courses, being part of masterminds. Like there are so many different roles and different hats and different responsibilities. And that can be stressful at, at times. Like I, I kind of touched on it before that I would like to have help. Um, but it's sort of hard to know how to to reach out for that help and to find the right fit, the right person to help you to do that. But, yeah, the personal development side has been obviously a big benefit that you can take into all areas of your life. 
and then yeah the day-to-day variety that I really enjoy I you know I can I don't want to do just the same thing over and over like just photo editing or just writing or whatever it is just planning you know a script or something so it's um it I'll, the variety is definitely the spice of the intrepid guide. <laughs> the spice of life, yeah. You have a final piece of advice that you want to share with with our community. You know, based on all the things that you've learned over the last six years building the blog, or also over the last one or two years um, participating in all the events, the the online masterminds that we have done. So, like a yeah. like a lesson <laughs> that that you want to share here that you can think of think of now um if you don't ask you don't get uh i think you have to be bold to ask those questions and you know if i hadn't have asked those girls you know what they were doing i would never have found out about the travel blogging conference i would never have sort of gone into that world and then found the langpreneur world and then just having you know being bold to ask the questions of people that maybe are a little bit further ahead in the journey than you are to ask them about how they do certain things Um, you know, you and Ollie and Shona and Chris and Gareth, like there is so many people, wonderful people in the community. If you just ask them a question, they're most likely going to to help you or point you in the right direction. And that is so helpful. Like knowing that you can do that, um, I think is a really big step in, in your business. And it's something that you have to do. You have to ask questions. You have to keep learning. So yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get, and it sounds a little bit, I don't know, a bit too forceful, I guess, those words, but, you know, it's it's the shortest way I can really sort of sum it up that if you want to go anywhere in life, you need to have, uh, you need to be a little bit bold and ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Michelle, thank you very much. Um, I mean, we've talked many times recently, but, yeah, the first time on the podcast and I really liked that this time we went a little bit deeper and actually got to learn a few things about you that I didn't know so <laughs> thanks for sharing that all these uh, all this wisdom with me but also with the uh, rest of uh, with all the other listeners of course if people want to learn more about you and um, and your work where can they go uh, so my website is called theintrepidguide.com. You can also find me on Instagram at intrepidguide, Facebook and Twitter as well, and uh, YouTube. But uh, yeah, that's where you'll find me. All right. Uh, yeah. Well. Intrepid Guide. Going to see you there. Wonderful. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give this podcast a positive review in the app wherever whatever app that you're using that's going to help us grow the podcast and do more awesome things for you on the show if you want to listen to other episodes resources and um, you know maybe join one of our future events and go to langpreneur.com we also do help some of the biggest names in our industry to scale their six and seven figure businesses so if you want us to help you out with that then just uh, go to the website or just send me a DM on Instagram at the Langpreneur. Look forward to hearing from you and see you on the next episode.